0: one of our lifestyle programs for 2021, Health and Wellbeing. Peter Mullen, uh, great to have you back. You're looking well, refreshed after Christmas. Thanks, Mark. Lovely to see you as well. You're not going to return a (laughs) favour? All right.
1: No, you're looking really well as well. Like actually, but you worked over pretty
0: much most of Christmas, didn't you? I was here most of it, but uh, glad that you had a good break and everything. Back for Health and Wellbeing for 2021. And today, uh, an interesting topic, uh, kind of a weight loss kind of thing, body weight set point. What's that all about? Yeah, look, it's one of those things, like so many
1: times, and um, you know, I always like to talk about New Year and New Year's, not mm. resolutions, but just goals or health goals for the year. And obviously, for a lot of us, getting our weight back on track is a is a good starting point. And um, one of the things I come across all the time, and like nearly everybody says this, they've lost weight, they've put it all back on, they've lost weight, they've put it all back on. But mm. the funny thing is, someone might lose 20 kilos, but when that weight goes back on, it goes back almost exactly to weight the where they first started at yeah. so that's what we're going to talk about today is why the body gets stuck at these set points but more importantly what we can do to actually reset
0: these set points uh, our body weight set points so you basically sort of set the tone of where we're at and i guess if we look at all of our functions um they're all under some sort of control that's not a bad place to start today
1: yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Our body doesn't like change, like you know. So many times, funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it probably sums us up a bit, doesn't it? it does humans, but so many times, some a patient will come and see me, and they'll say, you know, I, I eat a really healthy diet, but I can't lose weight. And um, one of the reasons why um, our body does like our body doesn't like to burn fat as a fuel. Like if you're eating. Carbs and carbs Mm -hmm. break down to sugar, and if you're having the odd bit of sugar in your diet, like your body's going to burn that for fuel first before it touches your fat stores. So your body won't actually get into burning your fat unless you restrict the calories, and not only the calories. Sometimes it's adjust your macromolecules. So you know maybe increase protein and no need for language. What (laughs) does what does that mean? Well, sometimes like people, and I've had patients come in and say, I've done you know twelve hundred calories Mm. or sixteen hundred calories or whatever. But um even then they haven't got into fat burning. And sometimes it's because of the balance of those carbs because our hormones are very much affected by what we eat as well. So you might be having twelve hundred calories, but if it's all carbs, you know, not enough protein and gotcha. fat. That can stop you getting into fat burning as well. Your metabolism just slows down.
0: So while it is about that overall number, it's the type of things that make up that number.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's everybody's so different Mm. with that as well. So our brain has, like, our brain, our brain, our body likes to keep its homeostatic balance. So it likes to keep everything in balance. Like, you know, it likes the blood sugar to stay within a certain level. It likes our pH and our blood to stay a certain range. Like anything out of that range, then we start to get disease or you know poor health. So our weight is very much set by our hypothalamus, which is a part of the brain that um, decides that at a certain point that's where your weight's going to stay at. So yeah. when how you know you've got that homeostatic balance or that set point is you can eat a lot of extra calories. and And again, you've got to keep pushing those boundaries to really push that set point up. But sometimes you'll go through a period where you're eating heaps and your weight won't go up. So so
0: there are times, and obviously it's not as much as the others, but there are times where it will go in our favor. It will go in
1: our favor. Mm. It won't bump up unless we really push the boundaries. So that gives us leeway both ways, either towards putting on weight or definitely getting into fat burning. So what happens, the the set point is a preferred weight range that your body wants to stay at in order to feel comfortable. So for people that are overweight, their set point is set much higher. Um, and it, and it's what happens. So when people, and the brain tries to defend that set point So say, and I've heard this so many times, someone will come in and they'll say they want to lose weight. And I say, okay, have you lost weight before? And they'll say, yep, I lost 20 kilos doing weight watches or some sort of program. And I'll say, well, you know, what happened? And they say, well, I lost all that weight. But when I went back to my normal diet, mm. um, my weight went straight back up to where it was, if not a kilo more. And what happens is the brain does what it can to defend that can does what it can to defend that set point. And I know mm. this sounds silly, but oftentimes people will have had this experience where they've lost the weight, they're feeling good, they're really happy eating less, they're really chuffed that their portion size is less, but then what happens they sort of wobble over a weekend or wobble over Christmas, maybe eat a few different foods. and so then bang. And it's like the switch flips <sighs> the other way. And it's almost like it's out of out of our control. It's like you, all of a sudden you can't stop eating. And you know that only two weeks ago or a month you were so good, but now it's like you can't help yourself and you're eating chocolate and you're eating junk and you're overeating. So it's kind of like the brain defends itself to put all that weight back on to get you back up to that set point.
0: All right, so I guess that's where we're at. Um, we'll come back and have a look at how we can actually move that point because that's what it's all about. I guess those micro changes where we we're looking at it week by week it's not going to help because the, the, we're just going to get back to where we're at and uh, peter you're talking about our, our body weight set point our body wants to stay at a certain way to keep everything uh normal as it would see it at a time but we need to try and lower it obviously the the fad diets aren't going to work for us um but diet is a good place to start though
1: yeah well look getting getting the and the thing to remember with weight weight management is there's two phases there's fat burning mode where we're actually burning our fat stores as mm. a fuel because that's how we lose weight we have to metabolize stored fat to turn it into energy because again we're not getting enough energy calories or carbohydrates from the food that we're eating so there's fat burning and then there's maintenance and um a lot of us can do fat burning well but a lot of us fail in the maintenance phase and that's Because we haven't reset that, we we keep
0: it's what we were about before. Where our weight just bounces back. So, all right, uh, let's start with uh, with with diet. Point number one. Well, this and this sounds, this sounds,
1: um, it's to do with diet um, palatability. Mm. So we want to eat, or we want to get into a diet that's low to moderate diet palatability. So this means adopting an unrefined whole food diet, restricting, restricting, restricting. High fat and high sugar foods. So, what that means is that part of the when we eat, it triggers a dopamine response in the brain. So, say for instance, you eat, um, you go home, and your your partner's cooked you a, a baked dinner. And you say, Oh my goodness, I haven't had a baked dinner in ages. You smell it and you you eat it and you say, Oh that's It the does best all those things dinner. in our mind, yeah. Yep, yep. Best baked dinner I've ever had. I just love it. And then particularly part- since you don't have to cook it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And your partner says, Okay, well, that worked well. And the next night you walk in the house and your partner's cooked another baked dinner. And you think, Oh, baked dinner, oh that's nice and you eat it and you think, Oh yeah, that was nice and then your your partner or your wife or your husband thinks Well, that worked well again the second time. I'll do it again the third night in a row.
0: Hat trick, not so much.
1: Third night, you walk in the house and think, oh my God, if I have one more, oh my goodness, rather, Mm. if I have one more baked dinner, I'll chuck it out the window. So one of the theories is that the reason that when you eat whole food like avocado and chicken and fish and salad, like Mm. nice tasting food, um, when you have it and you haven't had it for a while, it does trigger that dopamine response in your brain. But if you have it again, You've got to, it, it sort of forces us to keep changing our diet. So, to so, get that dopamine response. So, we don't eat the same.
0: So, it sort of encourages us to eat a wider range of foods. I, I think I get what you're saying there. And this, gee, our body just works against us. We're, we're, we're kind of snookered from the start. So, great. You might, you've got to come up with a few different things that are, are the right foods, but not just like, because I know it's summer, a, bi, a, a big bowl of salad, you know, done the way I like it, it is great. But obviously, if you have that every day, it's not going to have the same effect, even though it's healthy food.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of people will say, and that's such a catch cry, is I can't keep eating like this. I'm so bored with this diet. Yeah, But it's because maybe they're having too much of the same type of thing. So the reason that we keep rotating what we eat is number one, it gives us access to a wider range of nutrients and eating the same food. And maybe in days gone past, it helps us to work out what food's fresh and what food's not fresh. Now, unfortunately, high palatable foods like high fat high sugar for Mm. instance chocolate triggers that dopamine response if you've ever had the experience of eating chocolate you can eat it almost to physically you feel sick but every time you eat it your brain feels better so we're eating it to trigger that dopamine response now unfortunately you can have chocolate every day and you will still keep triggering that dopamine response so those foods get us more into that addictive cycle of i'm stressed i'll have chocolate because i know i'm going to feel better or i'll have potato chips because of the the salt and the fat i know i'm going to feel better so those the the these food marketing companies have worked out that these types of foods we never get sick of so they're the ones that we go to when we're emotionally eating and they're the ones that contribute to weight gain and difficulty losing weight so Long story short, one way to set reset that set point is we have to draw a line in the sand and not eat those high palatable foods. So we can't have chocolate and chips if you're trying to lose weight because it keeps you lured into that.
0: Got does that you. make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it it plays on your brain. Just a quick one on sugar there. We had a call as asking the question, Peter, do sugar substitutes trigger the brain into lowering our set point? So I know that's the cheating way to do Absolutely it. Absolutely not. Okay.
1: Yeah, I believe that, Um, and this is just my theory, but I've read a bit about this, that those artificial sweeteners that we think aren't doing us any harm, obviously there may be a lot of chemical, but even some of the more natural ones, I think anything that's still tricks our brain into thinking that we're having something sweet will be influencing our biochemistry and secreting insulin and dopamine and, and like we're still getting the the, the that the chemical feel good joy the mm. feel good of having those artificial sweeteners so i think it keeps us in lured into a false sense of security um and it stops us from really trying to break that sugar connection
0: gotcha all right so that's not necessarily the debate on which substitutes are better than others the fact that if in this conversation about weight loss It's still gonna catch you it's not gonna trigger your brain to get out of that space.
1: Yeah, and and it is a brain space that we've got to get ourselves Mm. out of if we want to get into fat burning and more important maintenance. So we've got to develop that love of like low to moderate palatable foods, which again is really nice food, like salmon and fresh vegetables or salmon and a nice salad. But to stop that sense of I'm getting bored with what I'm eating, we've got to then be able to rotate those foods around and have a good diet plan or recipe base to work from. Number
0: two. Yep, uh, make sure we get the right amount of protein, which kind of folds in a little bit to what you were talking about before. Yep, yep. So
1: protein, as far as the metabolism goes, we don't want to eat too much protein. A lot of people do high-protein diets. Interestingly, if you're eating more protein than you need, that protein can also be converted by a process called gluconeogenesis to sugar. So you don't want to overdo the protein, but protein is a bit like putting a hardwood log on the fire helps your, mm. helps your metabolism and blood sugar to stay more steady, helps to boost your metabolism whereas carbohydrates refined carbohydrates is a bit like throwing on a couple of cups of petrol it's all flash and bang, and then mm. you you know, you're and wanting you're to eat more. So
0: I'm seeing a bit of a pattern here, Peter. Anything that has the allure of short term, like I'll do a lot more or a lot less of something in the short term, it, it's not going to get that big result that you need. Long term.
1: No. And that's what we're trying to if you're if you've been in this rebound weight pattern for years, we're trying to really reset your set point, but we're also trying to re educate our brain to work more as we want it to work, not to be so fickle by the by number one causing us to crave all these foods but number two by reacting to these foods
0: Um, last one before we move on for the moment following that low-fat or ketogenic diet again folding into what we've been talking about a bit there
1: yeah and it's it's interesting like both both diets so both the low-fat diet and the ketogenic diet which is essentially a high-fat diet both dietary approaches have been shown to be just as effective in losing weight losing body fat
0: now does with this potentially going back to a point you made very early on that it's different for different people so maybe what works for one what works for me might not work for you yep. and flip it around
1: yeah absolutely so some people will lose you know 50 percent of people will lose weight very successfully following a low fat diet and then the other 50 percent will follow a ketogenic diet which is low carb high fat higher protein and they'll still get into fat burning so it's interesting it's it comes back a lot to the calories, but then also particularly the type of calories. So mm. ketogenic's about the type of calories. And a ketogenic diet, often you'll be on a higher caloric input, but you're getting the calories from fats and protein, mm. whereas low fat traditionally is like a lower, cal- lower calorie dietary approach as well. But it's working out. If you've had your gallbladder out or if you find you don't tolerate fats very well, then a ketogenic diet might unsettle your digestion and not work as well for you. As the traditional low-fat diet. But low-fat diet, not as in low-fat cheese and low-fat milk and low-fat this and low-fat that. Mm. It's more low-fat as in deliberately, like I'd rather you didn't have those foods then use low fats of those foods because there's problems with the way we low fat things as
0: well. So so again, if you think the argument for sugar versus artificial sweetener, just copy and paste that to low fats and low fat, you're better off to have full fat products than low fat products. Yeah. It's all about the the short, anything that's short term, forget about it. We're in for the long haul.
1: Anything that we've, us, 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 us humans have had anything to do with disrupting the food from its natural state we probably need to steer clear of. All
0: right. Well, I know we talked a lot about food uh, in relation to weight loss. Big surprise. All right, Peter Mullen, we're back uh, talking the weight loss, or uh, well, weight set point. We need to sort of work out ways of getting that down. We've kind of got uh, through some of those, and we'll get back into a couple of them in a moment. First, so up on the phone, Gail from Blackwells Park. Uh, you have a fatty liver question for Peter today. G'day, Gail. Hi. I was just ringing with the yo-yo dieting over the years on and off, and fatty liver, is there something you can do uh, to coordinate both those problems or is it two separate problems you have to deal with to achieve weight loss and mm-hmm. achieve fatty liver to get rid of that or
1: help that? Yeah, look, it's a really, really, really good question. And um, there's there's two parts to that. There's a herb called um, St. Mary's thistle. Yep. And um, yep. it's um, a herb that really plays a good role in helping to protect liver cells from damage. And um, a fatty liver is caused by liver damage, basically. Or, you know, in the old days, when I first started in practice, the only people that got a fatty liver were people that drank too much alcohol. But no, these mean, so. yeah, these days, it's more through diet, and um, particularly that whole concept of excess carbs and maybe a bit of insulin resistance as well. Yes. So definitely dietary, so some, some St. Mary's thistle from a herbal point of view, and also a compound called um, N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor to a, a compound or an antioxidant the body produces called glutathione. So both of those formula play a really big role in helping to reverse fatty liver. And the other thing or the other way that we reverse fatty liver is by losing, say, five kilos because we need to burn that fat back out of the liver as well. So, yeah, it's a combination. Definitely some supplements, those two I mentioned, work really well, Um, making sure, of course, that you get really good quality St. Mary's thistle and and acetylcysteine. Um, And then, um, yeah, getting back on track with the fat burning and try and reset that set point.
0: So it's actually
1: with diet and the two supplements. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the two work. The two work, that's going to give you your best outcome for sure.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Gail. Just another quick list I wanted to know, Peter, if chocolate diet shakes, do they work? And I think we've kind of gone down that road before we started.
1: uh, Yeah, yeah. So the shakes, shakes for some people work really, really well. And um, the trick is to get one that is low carb. And I think most days they try and do low carb and they're more a protein shake. Mm. So they might have some chocolate in there just as a taster, but you don't want to get one that's got too high sugar content or it's going to slow down you getting into fat burning. So you can get chocolate-flavored healthy protein shakes. Um, However, what you want to avoid is a chocolate protein shake that has artificial sweeteners in it because that can interfere or cause other health problems. So it's more comes back to your blend. But I like shakes because having a shake for breakfast, particularly if you do that seven days a week, straight away for the week you've cut down your caloric input without necessarily feeling you're on a diet. So for a lot of people getting back into fat burning, shakes can be a great way to do that but it's the quality of the shake that you've got to check out and make sure it's as healthy as possible.
0: All right. We'll zoom through the last three pretty quickly. And one seems a little bit – I I don't know how to take this. Taking a diet break might actually work. So why is that going to help lower our set point, Peter? Look, and this is actually quite tricky to do because once you do –
1: so the idea is that whatever you're doing, say you you do your initial program or plan for six weeks – and you might use shakes, you might use a ketogenic diet, you might use a low-fat diet, whatever approach you're going to take. And say over that six weeks, you've lost four to five kgs, hopefully six kgs of body fat. <clears throat> the theory is then that to prevent getting into plateau or where you know things seem to stop working, for the next two weeks, you just go back to your more normal, low-palatable diet. Mm-hmm. So you don't have junk and you know, crappy sort of things, but you try and just eat your normal food without necessarily being too strict about your calorie counting. And then the idea is that then you launch in then to your next six week period. So you have a little mini break or you you deliberately plateau out your weight loss and then you go again. And the idea is that the um we want to reset that like with fat burning, like you you can lose fat over a period of time, but to be successful to reset that set point, you've got to be able to stay for 12 months at your new weight all right and so uh, sure. you know lose weight p- lose fat plateau lose fat, fat plateau
0: and very quickly for the last two uh, make sure you're getting enough sleep this will help with sugar cravings
1: yeah sleep is such a critical factor and a lot of people that have trouble losing sleep losing weight or well, getting the fat burning it can be because of sleep deprivation mm. and um obviously exercise which helps to reduce body fat but um Increasing your resistance training, improving your muscle mass, increases your metabolism, um, but also helps to reset that set point. So getting fitter at the same time as getting into fat burning or your duck swimming in the one direction helps you then to maintain that fat loss long term.
0: All right, a lot to, to absorb in one hit, uh, Peter, but I think we got there. Uh, a couple of things to look at and maybe uh, with a new year, new me kind of mentality. There, I almost got through the whole way without using that dodging line, but a lot of us are in that situation. A few things to think about for 2021. Mate, thank you for a great program today. Thank you, Mark.
1: And um, yeah, more 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 to follow. Got some good, good new ideas for this year.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle.